hearts and minds to pray. Glorious Father, we thank you for this day, Heavenly Father. We thank you for your love, your mercy, and your agape love. Father, we thank you for being a 70 times, seven times forgiveness, God, because we need it, Lord God. We sin on a daily basis, Lord God, and we just thank you for, for that forgiveness, Heavenly Father. Lord God, we thank you for giving us a free mind, Lord God, to think for ourselves, Lord God. But I pray that we do not tempt you into making wrong choices, Heavenly Father, that make you upset with us, Lord God, that you want to turn your face from us, Lord God. I pray that you do not turn your face from us, Lord God, because without you, Lord, we're nothing. Father, I want to lift up the medical personnel, Lord God, that's dealing with this current crisis, Lord God, in, in the world. I need you to please strengthen their resolve, Lord God, their patience, their, their nerves, their minds, Lord God, to deal with this. It's not an easy thing to go through on a daily basis, Heavenly Father, for hours upon hours, Lord God. And I want to lift up their families, Lord God, waiting at home for their mothers and fathers, sisters and brothers to return home to them, Lord God, with good health, Lord God, and not to bring the sickness to their homes, Lord God. Father, I want to thank you for Pastor Johnny and Sister Gwen, Lord God, for preparing them to be in this place, Lord God, right now, Lord God. You minister to them, you teach them, you guide them, you give them your holy word, Lord God, that they can come back to church to give it to us, Heavenly Father. Father, we worship and praise you, Lord God, as a corporate body, Lord God, even though we're in different homes. We're not under the same roof today, Lord, but we are together. We're one because we have faith, Lord God. Even though we're not together in the, under the same roof, Lord God, we are still in your midst wherever we go, Heavenly Father. Father, I just pray for the world, Lord God. I pray for the local governments and the national government, Lord God. We may not all agree, Heavenly Father, but with you, Lord God, we know you are involved, Lord God. We may not know what the mysterious ends that you have for us, Lord God, but we have the faith that you will see it through for your will. And we just pray, Lord God, that your will be done in all things, even though we don't understand what's going on, Lord God. We leave it up to you as we do everything, Lord God. Just like the sparrows in the field, Lord God, they don't know where their next meal is coming from, but they don't worry. So, Father God, we have the faith as the sparrows not to worry as believers. We believe in you, Father. And finally, Lord God, we just thank you for your son, the Christ, who died on the cross for our sins. And he knew we would sin again and again and again. But he still did it, Lord God. He had to pray three times, Lord God, to beat down his flesh, Lord God, to let your will be done. And I just pray that you continue to let your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning, Christ Temple North. I just want to tell you that I miss you. I love you. And I want to encourage you this morning. And I want you to know that God knows your name. He knows everything about you. He knows when you're crying. He knows when you're hurting. And he's there. You just need to call on him. Amen. Amen. 
with me. No fire can burn me and no battle can turn me and no mountain can stop me cause he holds my hand and I'm walking in your victory cause your power is within me and no giant can stop me cause he holds my hand and no fire can burn me, no battle cannot turn me, no mountain can stop me, cause he holds my hand, and I'm walking in your victory, cause your power lives within me, and no giant can defeat me, cause he holds my hand, and 
battle cannot turn me and no mountain can stop me because he holds my hand and I'm walking in your victory because your power lives within me and no virus no virus will stop me because he holds my hand oh he holds my hand and I said he holds my Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, that's good stuff. All right. All right. That was beautiful. That was a sermon right there. We could do the benediction and go home. Yeah, that'll, that'll get it. Greeting you with the Holy Word's peace. All right, it's good to be with you all and be in your homes. It's a beautiful thing. I want to talk about a, a word that, that that's very important to me. As sometimes when we go through, especially Easter, we leave Jesus on the cross. If he gets on the cross, we forget the whole idea of what goes on. So today I want to talk about this in a spiritual way. One of the, uh, God, him crucified. Jesus Christ and him crucified is a very powerful thing. But the next step is not only crucified and died and buried, but he arose again in what we call the resurrection. And I want to deal with the resurrection today uh, uh, in, in a life form as us as personal people in our personal lives. I'm not talking about as you die. I want you to get spiritually for me. I'm talking about not resurrecting you from the, the physical death. I'm talking about the resurrection from the spiritual death. We, we, you see, because I once was uh, uh, dead. Yes, dead. Because sin leads you to death. And I was one, even as a minister, once was living in sin. And coming to church didn't just quite get it. It took a, a, a few years after being a pastor that I really allowed the Holy Spirit to come in and really submit to Christ and have that resurrection in my life. And so that's what we want to talk about. And sometimes, and I'm going to skip around a little bit, you may have to follow me. And sometimes, you know, when you uh, tell people that you want to get your life together and you want to go through that resurrection, they don't believe you. 
And you understand what I'm saying? They will not believe you. Uh, it's like you want to start going to church and you want to get, start getting your life together and doing the things and, and, and you want to change your life, which is a resurrection, all right? Does that make sense? And so we're going to start at Luke 24, 1 and 8. We're going to read that because there's an important part of that that I want you to understand. Even the people around Jesus did not believe in what he said. If they would have believed in what he said, they wouldn't have had to go looking for him. Are you understanding where I am? Now, we're talking in a spiritual way, so this is not theology. I'm trying to get you to get a little deeper into the mystery of your life. Uh, we know the mystery of the gospel because it's right here for us. But I'm trying to use that for individuals, for us as individuals, and take a look at some of the things that Jesus experienced in the physical life we experience in our spiritual life. Here we go. Starting with verse 1 from the NIV. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. And it's very strange to me that, that the women would even go to the tomb because this great stone was there. And, and if you look at it and do history, it was a huge stone. Those women wouldn't have been able, the women wouldn't have been able to move the stone anyway. But they went there, and I want you to look at this. I mean, they went there to the tomb looking for Jesus uh, and to bring these spices and prepare his body, all right? Stay with me now. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. All right, so but when they entered the tomb, first of all, it's strange that when they entered the tomb, they did not find what? They did not find his body. Isn't that strange? So that meant they were looking for his body, right? And so it was strange to them that his body wasn't there. Stay with me, okay? While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. Two angels. In their fright, the women bowed down their faces to the ground. All right. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? And so what, what the, the angels, we're going to say the angels say to them, why are you looking from the, for the dead among the living? Why are you looking for the dead among the living? All right, here we're going. We're going to stay here and we're going to get somewhere in a minute, okay? Then they said, he is not here. He has risen. All right, he is not here. He has risen. And again, remember, he is not here. He is risen, okay? Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. So he had already told them that he was going to rise, that he was going to have a day, okay, of resurrection, resurrection, excuse me, that he was going to have that day. He's already told them that. So they shouldn't have been looking for him there in the first place because he didn't told them he wouldn't be there, all right? And it's amazing to me that we are still uh, looking for things. There, there are people looking for people who have been resurrected. All right, I'm talking individually now, who have been resurrected in the tomb. Right? Mm -hmm. They shouldn't be back there anymore. You see, but there are people that are still in the tomb because they haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to come in and roll away the stone. 
So sometimes in our personal life, we need to ask ourselves, I'm talking spiritually now, remember now, I'm talking spiritually now, the reason that we haven't been resurrected is because the stone is still there and we're still caught in that. You see, we are still spiritually dead. Do you understand? All right, come on, keep going with me. And he had said, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Now, they're reminding him, them, what he had said. He had said that they would, he would be crucified, he would die, and on the third day he would rise again. Okay? And then they remembered but, his and, words. And then they remembered his words. It is a strange thing to me that when, when, when Jesus was telling, they were around him, and all those lessons that he'd done, everything that they saw him do, that when it came down to the resurrection, they didn't believe it. They went looking for him. And, and I love how the angel said, why are you looking for the living, excuse me, the, the, the living among the dead or the dead among the living, however it says that. You understand what I'm saying? That can be your life. That can be your personal life. You see, people will want to go back looking for you for where you used to be. But they don't know that God has rolled, the Holy Ghost will say now, the Holy Ghost has rolled the stone away from you and you no longer live in that tomb. You are no longer dead because the Bible says sin causes death. The word, that's what sin causes death. But you're not dead anymore because you've been resurrected through the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so they don't, they're going back looking for you in them old places, but you ain't back there no more. Isn't that right? You know, back then, that was a place when you was dead because you were living in sin. But now that you are saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit has rolled that stone away from your past, and you are no longer there. Say amen to that. Amen. You see what I'm saying? And, and, and that's what we want to do in, in our personal lives here. You see, our personal, some folks that's listening to me, you need to take inventory of your life and ask yourself, wait a minute, am I still in that tomb? <clears throat> If people would come to see where you were, would you still be there? Would you still be there living that dead, sinful life? Or would they would go back where you used to be and find an empty tomb because you've been resurrected and you no longer live there? Are y'all with me this morning? All right, here we go. And in Matthew 28, verse 16 and 17, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Now, so here's, it's, it's unbelievable to me. He had told them what he was going to do. But when they saw him, that's what the Bible says, but when they saw him, when they saw him, they didn't even believe it. They had doubt. And it's amazing to me, y'all with me? It is amazing to me that when you get saved and God has rolled that stone away, okay, there are still people who doubt. Are you with me? There are still people who doubt, right? You say, I'm going to church and I want to get saved and, and I'm going to change my life and, and I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to walk the, the right path and we'll get in that. They still doubt you. Well, if they doubted Jesus' resurrection and they walked with him, you know people are going to doubt that you've been resurrected from your old life and your old lifestyle. Come on here. That's right. All right? Now from the commentary. 
We can't have wherever you want to go, I'll catch up with you. Some disciples adjusted to the reality of Jesus' resurrection quite readily. See, some of the, some of the disciples adjusted to the reality of Jesus Christ's resurrection. They've done it. I mean, they, some. That doesn't mean everybody. That's right. Some doesn't mean everybody. Some, but they were all together when he told them he would do that. That's right. But only some of them believed him. And but you want everybody to believe you. Are you kidding me? Come on. And again, others still doubted. But then the others still doubted. Now, it's amazing to me, what is there to doubt when they were there, they didn't saw him be crucified and died and put in the tomb, but yeah, you're doubting him. Right. You're looking at him. Right. You're looking at him in that, in that glorious body that he had. Okay? But Jesus' resurrection was not an end in itself. Now, here's the part I like him by my commentary. Jesus' resurrection was not an end of itself, nor was it just a close, close to his disciples. It was not just for him right. and not just for his disciples. And it says this, this new life through faith in his crucifixion and resurrection, Christ offers to all the people of the world the same, I'm talking spiritually now, the same spirit, spiritual resurrection, Today is the, it's the same today as it was with the disciples. The same power that resurrected Jesus Christ, all right, from the dead. The same, the same power that rolled away that stone and resurrected our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is the same power of the Holy Spirit that rolled away the stones that's keeping you in that tomb and give you life. That's just a fact. You see, our sister just saying, he knows my name, and I, I holds my hand, he knows my name. That's what it's all about. That's right. He done that for us to this. It's the same today as it was then. The Holy Spirit has the same power. God has the same love, right? The Holy Spirit has the same authority to roll away the stone that he rolled away from Jesus. He's still got angels that can do that. To roll away the stones from your life and give you a new life in Christ. Do you believe that this morning? Right. You have to believe that this morning. Because, see, everybody doesn't believe that. You see, everybody's not going to leave your testimony. See, everybody's not going to believe that song that we just heard. I believe it because I'm living it. So we don't look for everybody to believe it. The only people that really need to believe it is the people who know God. You're right? And those that walk in the Spirit will reveal to them that we're walking in the Spirit. Only spiritual people will know that that stone has been rolled away from your old life and that you have been re resurrected and that you live in a new life. That's right. All right? So you can't expect unsaved people to understand that you live in a new life. Because, see, they want to go back and look. They want to go back and look. Say amen to me. They want to go back and look to that old place where you were held captivity. Amen. Looking for you there. Ah, oh, but if they go back there looking for some of us there, we won't be there because the stone has been rolled away and we live in a new life in Christ. That's right. We ought to be excited about that. Yes. All right. And that's why we are told in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. So if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. That's right. If you, you, the old has to die before the new can come in. Any man or woman in Christ that's in Christ, is born in Christ, is a new creature. You see? And that's a, that's, I call that a resurrected life. 
that old life has been resurrected, and now we are a new creature in Christ. That old things passed away, and behold, all things become new. We walk in the newness of Christ. We have a new ideals. We have new attitude, right? And we can sing, Sister Kim, we can sing a new song. We can sing a new song. You see, because he didn't know my, he knows my name. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is what this thing's all about, because I've been resurrected. And I'm a, I'm a new man in Christ. We should be new men and women in Christ. Your life ought to be resurrected the same way Jesus Christ is resurrected. You need to understand that wherever you at, whoever I'm listening to, the same angels, God can send them same angels, the same Holy Spirit, to roll away the stones out of your tomb and resurrect your life and give you a new life. And you will walk in the newness of Christ. You see what I'm saying? Because you're a new creature. And a new creature, your old friends can't identify you. They, they, they don't know where you, matter of fact, they ain't even around you because they down there looking in that old tomb where you were, you see. But somebody may have said, you can't go back there where Johnny Fields was. What happened? He's risen in Christ, and he is a new creature in Christ. He's a new man in Christ, and, and, and all things have become new to him. So he don't come down there now. He's at a new place. He's at a new place in his life. We ought to be a new place if we are saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. The same spirit that done that for Jesus Christ, that resurrected him, is the same spirit that will do it for your life. And you will walk in the newness of Christ. That's right. Yeah, that's good. I don't know where I'm at now, but we'll just keep moving. Next, uh, we're going to turn to Romans 8, verse 11 through 13, and we're going to do it from three versions. And see, and I done got caught. Did we do resurrection? No, I got so. Let's do resurrection because I need to get myself in order back here. I done got up. Exciting. <laughs> resurrection uh, first is the concept of coming back to life after death. The resurrection is the concept of life coming back after what? Death. Yeah. I once was huh? dead, but now I live. I've been resurrected. I once was living in sin. When you live in sin, you're dead. That's separated from God. Your spirit is dead. But now I'm a new creature, all right? Okay. So that's what it means. It means coming back to life, all right? And it also is a belief in the resurrection of individual souls that is current and ongoing. And it's, 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 it's still working. It's still it's current. And it's still going on in individual souls. I thank God today. I thank God this morning, for children. I'm thanking God that is, he is still working. His power is still working. He's still resurrecting people. Bringing, uh, bringing people from death to life. You understand what I'm saying? And it's currently going on. It could be over this message. Somebody could be listening to this message that we don't even know, but they listen to this message and they've been touched and they want to cry out to Christ and give their life to Christ and they want to ask Christ to come in their life and move the stone that was imprisoning them. And they want to come out of that tomb and come alive. He's still doing it today. And see, and I'm going to go a little bit further with that. He's still resurrecting parts of my life to this very moment. Because I ain't, you know, I ain't fixed yet, finished yet. And, and I want to do this next verse. I've done three of these because I want us to get. This is a time that we need to be real. This is a time folks is dying that were healthy. I mean, this, this, is, this is God, uh, Brother T.J. Jakes, Bishop Jakes said uh, it's, it's shut down. I forgot how he said it. Shut down, shut at home, shut up. And it's given us time 
to pray and get our life together. So this is a good time for us. This is a good time to get a, a better contact with Christ and live and live. Yes. And people are going to die through this virus. But Christians, the virus can't kill the spirit. It can only kill the body, if God allows that. It can only kill the body because the spirit will still live. Yes. Do you understand? All right, here we go. So first from the NIV at verse 11. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body. See, if it's the spirit of Christ who raised him from the dead who is living, I mean, he's still got the same power. The Holy Ghost didn't lose his power at Jesus' resurrection. Matter of fact, Jesus said it gained power. If you remember, he said, if I go away, we will send the Holy Spirit and he will come and minister to us and teach us what Jesus had taught us. He said, bring back to remembrance the things I have taught you. That's what he says there. And he will comfort us. That's right. Wow. Okay. And that is because his spirit lives in you. Because the same spirit lives in us is the same spirit that resurrected Jesus Christ. That same spirit is in us. So we, we, we start, we, hey, we should be living a resurrected life. A dying world, we don't live in a dying world. We go from life to death to life. All right? Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. Now, we're talking about us. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it's not to the flesh to live according to it. We don't live according to the flesh anymore. Because we've, the flesh was what caused us to die in sin. We no longer live to that anymore. We don't live in doubt anymore. Because the flesh is the one that caused us to live in doubt. We don't live there anymore. We don't live in that tomb of doubt, that tomb of shame. We don't live there anymore. All right? Because the spirit that lifted Jesus Christ up and gave him life after death is in us. All right? For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. He says, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. And many of us in here can understand it. Many of you all are looking at me. You know we were dead because we were living according to the flesh. But we no longer want to live to the, according to the flesh because we don't want to live that dying, dead life anymore. That's right. We want to live, a, but if we, by the Spirit, you put death away. Right. We live by the Spirit. Go ahead and read for me. And the misdeeds of the body and you will live. We, we get away from the misdeeds of the body. And so we live. Even in the midst of this virus, we're living. That's right. Because we live from the spirit, not from the flesh. We got joy in the midst of sorrow. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. We have a light in the midst of darkness. Isn't that right? This, I mean, this, has, this time in our lives has made us more comfortable because we have more time to spend meditating and reading and studying. We have more time to spend with our families. Isn't that right, Christian folks? Yes. All right. Now from the passion. Yes, God raised Jesus to life. God raised Jesus to life. And if God raised Jesus to life, he will raise us to life. That's right. All right? And since God's spirit of resurrection lives in you. And I love this. And since God's spirit of resurrection lives where? In, in us. God's spirit of resurrection, church, friends, lives in you. If you are a Christian. That's right. All right. 
He will also raise your dying body to life by the same spirit that breathes life into you. And he breathed our dying body, and I'm not talking dead now, our dying body, the, body says, the Bible says we're decaying daily. But God breathes life into my body. He breathes life into your body. All right? So then, beloved ones, the flesh has no claims on us at all. The flesh has no claims on us at all because we left the flesh on the Christ. Excuse me, on the cross. I am crucified. Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. The flesh was crucified with Christ, and we left it in that tomb. Right. And we're no longer in that tomb because we live That's right. in the spirit. Oh, yes. All right. And it says we have no further obligation to live in obedience to the flesh. We don't live in obedience to the flesh anymore. We're going to be obedient to the law, but we're not afraid to die because we're not, we don't live there anymore. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's right. All right. And in verse 13, for when you live controlled by the flesh, you're about to die. So when, the, when you live that way, you're going to die. We know that. And us that have been freed and resurrected from the flesh, we don't want to go back there because the only thing back there is, a die, uh, is death. I don't want to go back there. I don't want to die again. That's right. I don't want to die again. I don't want to live that dead sin life again. Right. All right? But if the life of the Spirit puts to death the corrupt ways of the flesh, we then taste his abundant life. And now, it, I mean, I love that. Jesus says, I come to give you life and life more abundant. The reason he come to give us life and life more abundant because we no longer are dead. We live we in the spirit and we live a spiritual life. And when you live a spiritual life and you live in the spirit and the Holy Spirit controls your life, you're no longer dead. You're alive. You're alive in Christ. You see what I'm saying? And I know y'all at home, but somebody ought to say hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, praise God, praise God, praise God for life and life more abundant. Yes. All right? That's what we do. We live life and life more abundant. We follow the law. You know, we got churches all over the place. We got hundreds of churches because your house is a church. For two or three gather in his name, he's in the midst. So whatever your address is, that's the church this morning. And the Spirit of Christ is in that church, in there. Because the Spirit of Christ is within you. And if the Spirit of Christ is in you, you worship him through your spirit. That's right. You listen to me, but you worship him in your spirit. And so you ought to have spirit-filled houses today. Because the Spirit's in you. And that spirit ought to be manifested in your whole house, every room in your house. Y'all having church in the church. Amen. All right? <laughs> And now from the message, it stands to reason, doesn't it, that if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life. And, and moves into your life, the same spirit that, that, that moved, I mean, that brought Jesus to alive, that same spirit rose Jesus up from the dead is into your life. That's right. It's in your life. You can't help but be feeling good about this. All right? He'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus. He'll do the same thing for us that he did in Jesus. That's right. Bringing you alive to himself. He'll bring, he brings us alive to himself. That means, church, we are sons and daughters to God because he's brought us alive to himself. That's right. All right? When God lives and breathes in you. Yes, sir. 
And he does as surely as he did in Jesus. And when God, when he breathes and lives in us and he does as surely as he did in Jesus, you are delivered from the dead life you used to live. All right? And with his spirit living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ. With his spirit living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ. All right? So don't you see that we don't owe this old do-it-yourself life one red cent? We don't owe this, this old life nothing. I'm not going back to that tomb. I don't owe that old life nothing. You see, now folks want to, they can go looking for me back in that old tomb. But I'm not going back in that old tomb. And some of you need to tell some of these people, you looking at a new person, I don't live there anymore. You see, I don't live there anymore. See? I don't live with shame. I don't live with blame. I'm not a victim anymore. I don't live in that tomb anymore because I'm free and I have a new life and I'm a new creature in Christ. That's right. yeah. Some folks used to say years ago, if you don't want to go, don't hinder me. That's right. All right. All right, here we go. Again, there's nothing in it for us, nothing at all. There's nothing in it. Nothing back there, nothing at all. So I ain't going back to nothing because nothing from nothing leaves nothing. All right. <laughs> The best thing to do is give it a decent burial and get on with your new life. You need to bury that old life and get on with your new life. That's right. Get on with your new life in Christ. That's what this whole thing should have been about. Easter, the day after Easter, it's about right now. I'm glad it didn't stop then. For somebody is starting today, and that's okay. God's spirit beckons. There are things to do and places to go. Man, we in God's spirit, we are spiritual police people. We got things to do and places to go. Go. That's right. We got to live. We got life. We want to live a life and life more abundant. Jesus Christ promised to that. And there's two things I teach y'all that Christ can't do. It'll lie and fail. So I want life and life more abundant. Can't no virus or nothing else take that from us. All right? And lastly, verse 14, this resurrection life you receive from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. This, this resurrected life that we receive from God is not, we ain't in no grave We live. Because we live in Christ. Say amen to that. Amen. Amen. I feel good about that. Before I pray, I want to make sure we get this message. I had said way before this started, we will not enter this church as a group of people to at least June. We're not coming back here rushing our people. Second thing, quit blaming pastors for everything. That's for pastor worshipers. When Pastor Phil says that we can come back to church. He's just opening the doors of the church. It is the head of those households that take the responsibility when you feel comfortable to come back up in here. Don't put that on me. When we open the doors, it is on you to go pray in the spirit if it's time for you to come back into church. And when you come back in here, you can wear a mask, gloves, or whatever you feel makes you comfortable. Do you, I want everybody to understand that. I said that much. We're not rushing people back up in here because we got the power of the Holy Ghost. It's right now in your house. 
It's in this building here because it's in us. Because wherever we go, Jesus goes because Jesus is within us and the power of the Holy Spirit's in us. So if we have to do this to next year, it's okay because the Holy Ghost brings us life no matter where we are at physically. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Father God, we just love you. We thank you for loving us so much to giving us your only begotten son. Jesus, we thank you for allowing us to, to put our sins on the cross, to be crucified our sins, to be crucified with you. And Jesus, we thank you that we could go to that tomb and leave all of those dead issues with you. And we thank you for your resurrection because we are resurrected as you were resurrected and we walk in the newness of Christ. The Holy Spirit just reveals to us that we live a life more abundantly because we live in Christ and we accept that life and life more abundantly in the midst of all of these trials and tribulations. And all in agreement said, Amen. God bless you.